Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. Happy holidays, everybody. It's your boy, Ralph. We're ready for some Week 16 action. Season 3, Episode 13 of The Process. Welcome back, repeat offenders. We appreciate your business. If you are new to the process, welcome. Welcome to the process. It's all right to get a jump on what we do for next season. So perfect time for you to join on in. But this is a community where we do just like I say in the intro. I give you the goods. I go over the reasons why I make these picks and we learn and we win together. I don't hold anything back from you guys. I make you better players or I make you able to better know what you're talking about. In certain social situations, if that's all you're looking for. So, that's what we're all about here. We've got a nice, quick Christmas episode for you guys. Can't let you guys go through your holiday without the good DFS knowledge. So, as I get ready to enjoy my holiday, we're going to get it in today. Get it out early for you guys so you're ready for primarily Sunday's main slate. But this is going to be an extra special episode uh, as we go through all the games and usually we curtail Thursday but you're going to get that Friday game this week the Saturday games as well obviously some Monday too so we'll have a lot to get into so we'll just get into it and we'll start talking about the fantasy championship push if you've made it congratulations um, and if you didn't make it that's what DFS is for so we got the winning picks for you there as well so again we just got so much to talk about but look, here's the goods. If you're new to this, there's a couple ways you can keep up with us. www.tigerbombsae.com. That is our website. That is a place where you can listen to this podcast as well as any other podcast that Tiger Bomb does. So the true crime podcast we have. Baseball, I keep telling you guys, that's coming around the corner. You better be ready to win because I'm going to be ready to win again this year. And I want to take you all with me. So tigerbombsae.com. You can catch everything from Tiger Bomb there. Now, if you're a social media person, no problem. We've got you covered there too. Facebook or Twitter, you can find us the same way. It's at the process TBSAE. You can follow along, try to do the little news updates on Facebook. Twitter is a good way to get your last minute start, send them questions answered. Uh, if you like to listen to your, your podcast on the go, any app where you listen to your podcast currently, you can listen to Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. So, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. Our podcast will come up, guys. You can like and subscribe and be a part of Tiger Bomb Nation moving forward and into next year. That's what we mean when we say continue in the process. And then you will start to learn the nuances of winning. All right. So that's the good. That's the information. Let's get right into our episode for this week since it's so action packed. And we got a top five for you, too. We're actually going to go over my top five holiday drinks for you guys since we're in the holiday season why not keep that theme going and uh, as we get to everybody's favorite segment we will uncover our number five on ralph's list of top five drinks for the holiday housekeeping me fluff pillow, me fix your team.
So a couple things to get you guys ready for championship week here. And before we do, let's go over number five on Ralph's top five holiday drinks. If you haven't tried these, you got to, you know, give them a go, man. Try something outside of the box. You got nothing to do. You're quarantine holiday anyway. Might as well take some of that extra time and try something new. But number five on our list, it's an apple cider old fashioned. Oh, boy. I, that just sounds tasty right there. Always been a sucker for a good old-fashioned. You know, I'm a Chicago boy. A lot of good steakhouses in the city. You can get yourself a great uh, old-fashioned and, and a great steak at a place uh, like Shula's or something like that. A lot of good places to do that in the city, but that's why I became acquainted with that drink. It's a classic, you know, old-time drink, um, obviously, as the name says, but putting that apple cider twist on it for the holidays never can go wrong there. So that's number five on our list of my top five holiday drinks and let's get into some housekeeping let's do a little bit of that but it's championship week so there's not much house that needs to be cleaned if you've made the championship round already if you didn't make it this year hopefully you performed admirably but it sucks man some of us don't win from year to year but even in the losses even in the lost seasons there's a lot to be gained there and so you've got to take away something from uh, your season basically so that's something to think about but as we go through the housekeeping here because some of us are winning and are almost there right so we've got some notes that are going to be important uh, depending on where you are in your season first and foremost guys y'all gonna get what you pay for if you ask early in the week about how sure i am for plays on the slate i mean starting from especially as we get close to the championships people still in it Started from like Monday, <laughs> you know, like you know, week 15 isn't over. I'm already getting questions via text and stuff like that. And that's fine. I love the enthusiasm. But guys, this is a, a fluid thing that changes. We've been talking all year about, especially in 2020 with COVID and everything, knowing all the way up until lock who's going to play, who's not going to play and writing that. So asking me on the Tuesday, Wednesday and Monday, that's not going to do you any good as the information may change. And that's a disclaimer on our show this week. I'm putting it out here. It's a Wednesday night, but things could change and things may change. Somebody may be injured. Somebody may uh, come off the injury list. And so we'll have to adjust for those things. So I, I just want to implore you again. You have to get information right before game lock. If you are really dedicated to winning, if not, don't worry about it. But for those of you that want that extra edge, you can't you're not going to get it on the couch on wednesday night because that's when it fits in your schedule because that's when your wife's letting you look at your phone or that's when you have downtime where you're thinking about it you've got to be committed to do this saturday night sunday morning sunday afternoon depending on the time zone you're in and that's harder if you're like me on the west coast but you got to make that determination if you want to win that bad y'all look the other thing is the jets big loss for the rams last week the jets you know, they're going to be fine. Um, they're not going to get the number one pick now. Obviously, they're not going to get the coveted quarterback of the year. But you know what? I, I say they're going to be fine for a reason because it's the presentation of the way that the league and the NCAA bring all this to us. We always have this uh, interpretation of like one guy, like namely this QB um, that that is way above everybody else right and there's large regard for him and then there's like little regard for everybody else right and this happens all the time joe burrow last year they're not talking about anybody but burrow leading up to the you know the draft and all that stuff so 
as it turns out, Justin Herbert happens to be a just fine quarterback if you look at him. So I'm saying all this to say that the Jets are going to be fine. So what? They don't have the number one pick. Any organization that knows how to draft players can still find the Justin Herbert of this draft class. And so that's what they have to do. Um, obviously, it's easier when you get the number one pick, but some of these guys don't pan out anyway. So don't buy into these all or none scenarios that are made to just shock some feeling from you. Okay, that's we, we are all about following the process, which is an even keel thing here. So we can take our even keeled mentality and apply it to so many other football situations just like that one. And the other thing we need to talk about is taking stock of your surroundings, right? At this point in the season, I want you to think about, this is funny, I say think, because I want you to think about your think tank. You know what I mean when I say think tank. Your think tank are the other people that you uh, sort of, like you guys, you, you, you are like-minded about the way you approach the game, your friends that you confide in or tell all your fantasy stuff to, whoever you are you know, bantering with about your fantasy football life, take stock of your surroundings. It's the end of the season. Are you in a group of losers? Did you all flush out? Is nobody in their championship? Is nobody a big DFS winner this year? Is nobody got stories from week to week that we can all be like, oh, that's great. Because if that's the case, you've really got to think about uh, where you are if that's not the case if you but so I mean this to say this let's say you yourself didn't do well but you've taken stock of your think tank and there's a lot of other people that have done well what I mean to say is take heart you've done fine you're okay you're fine overall because you're around this your process is so similar to theirs and you guys think a lot maybe you had bad luck or injuries like I've had this year and so we're always looking to understand when we don't do well if the think tank overall did fine and you share a lot of these common you know beliefs then you know you give yourself a little bit of a break but if you look around and if your crowd mostly lost you need to think about that and what that says about the process that you are undergoing if you haven't been winning and the last thing i want to leave you guys with for housekeeping for this oh so special holiday week for the championship folks, we're going to keep it simple because you're almost at the top of that mountain now. You don't need... Do you guys know what bad picks are? Bad picks are like this. Bad picks are, you think that... Uh, like, you like you really think that this bad pick is somebody who is pulling you up. Like, you're, like you are almost going to fall off this cliff. And you look at these picks sometimes this last minute person off the wire or trying to be more savvy for the championship round or do something different you know what that's like that is like you're hanging over a cliff and you're thinking it's the person that's on top of the cliff that's reaching out that hand into safety and it's gonna protect you right but you know what it actually is it's not that person the play you should have the play that you've done all year is that person <laughs> okay what what you have associated yourself with when you go be the spur of the moment sort of thing it's not he's not those plays they aren't the dude holding his hand i'm trying to pull you up the side of the mountain with him if you look down those plays you're doing those are a trail of people behind you holding onto your foot making it harder for you to get up okay so the advice for those in the championship round is very simple this week don't make drastic moves stick with what got you there Go with the girl that you brought to the prom. 
all right and if you win great if you don't you made it to the finals uh not to say that um you know we like participation trophies but the thing about it is fantasy football is difficult winning a season is difficult it takes a lot of perseverance luck you gotta avoid injuries all of it and so don't overreact and time to take down that w Let's play a round of Would You Rather. Time for a little bit of Would You Rather. And we've got a little truncated version so that I can enjoy my holiday this week. But before we do, how about number four on my top five holiday drinks? Number five is the apple cider old fashions. Number four, Irish coffee. Perfect time of year for it. I mean, I'm not in the Midwest and the cold anymore. I'm not out east, but something like, uh, you know, that warm coffee and that Jameson always worked for me. Always was a Jameson. Look, I've had, listen, I've had my fair share of Jameson. That's one of the better ways to have it. That's number four, Irish coffee. So number five is, yeah, apple cider old-fashioned. And number four is the Irish coffee. So... Let's keep it going with the would you rather. And we've just got a couple scenarios for this week. So Antonio Brown or David Johnson. Antonio Brown uh, coming off the phenomenal touchdown catch. All these guys are activated by TB12 right now. And this is a great week for them, by the way. But that's the whole thing is he's got his pick of all these weapons. And so it's very hard to say who is going to consistently get those touchdown looks outside of maybe Mike Evans, right? So David Johnson, on the other hand, um, things are looking up for him as well. That team may not be winning, but look, Duke went down. So last week he got the passing work that he would normally seed. And so it made him uh, a, a, a true RB2 just because of the sheer volume of the work. And so we'll go right back there again because they have the Bengals this week. So David Johnson right there. Okay, would I rather play Le'Veon Bell, Jarvis Landry this week? Don't fall in love with Bell. I know CEH is out, but people are, you know, oh, Bell is going to, look, this team isn't going to go away from what they've been doing. They've been passing. Yes, he's going to get more touches and looks, and he'll probably be motivated to make the most out of them. But Jarvis Landry's in a great spot with a quarterback that's been coming on against a very bad defense, and he's the number one weapon out there. Let's not overthink it. It's Jarvis Landry right here. All right, Cole Beasley or Tony Pollard? You know, I would have said Pollard, but it looks like Zeke is going to try to give it a go. I think they'll split some time, but that doesn't bode well for either of them. We got to say Beasley. He's activated in a game where Kyle Allen should be able to sling it. Logan Thomas or Leonard Fournette? Logan Thomas not in a bad spot, but Leonard Fournette, I think, uh, ultimately in a better spot because no Rojo. Now, I don't think he's going to have a crazy day, but he can get goal line work and all that, so we have to go with him, obviously, right here. But if there was a Rojo, that'd be a little more close. But it's a good spot for Logan Thomas nonetheless. That's why I picked that one. I wanted to just talk about Logan Thomas because I don't really mention him much in the reload segment. All right, T.Y. Hilton or Zach Ertz. You know, we talked a little bit about these tight ends that are for DFS purposes, very priced down, like Ertz and John Uba that we know are Pro Bowl calendar, caliber tight ends, who last week started to just get a few receptions here and there. I know five receptions for 43 yards isn't much, but it's starting to 
you know, activate these guys again, if you will. Um, Ertz has the same opportunity this week. He's got this floor that I'm really comfortable with. But T.Y. Hilton has been this look. He's been the look for Rivers, and they're in the middle of a playoff hunt. They got to have this game. It's a tough game against the Steelers. I'm going to go with Hilton. Even though I haven't been, you guys know I've been real gun shy about promoting him. We understand what's going on there. If you don't know what I mean by that, you got to look at the last two episodes. I've talked through it a bunch, but we understand what's going on there. We have to say that it's going to be him this week, um, as the as you know, uh, Indianapolis does what they need to do to try to win that ball game. And then our final would you rather for this week is going to be Antonio Brown or Mark Andrews. So again, Brown in a good offense, in a good spot. Too many weapons. Whereas Mark Andrews in a good spot because we know first and foremost that um, you know Mark Hollywood is going to see, uh, or not even Hollywood anymore. Marquise Brown is going to see, uh, like he's going to see coverage from James Bradbury all day. He's going to blanket him, right? They're going to have that man-man coverage. So that takes him out. Bradbury's been pretty good all year, um, and so it's going to be. Or Mark Andrews is the number one receiver if Marquise Brown isn't the number one receiver. If he's taken out of the equation, I think any passing yardage, we know that Baltimore has a truncated passing game, but but I feel like the passing yardage that is available will go to Mark Andrews. And so sheer volume, uh, you know, the funny thing about it is I wouldn't be surprised if these guys ended up with the same amount of yardage. But I would say it's going to be on more plays for Andrews, like more catches, because he's going to get more looks because he's going to be the number one, whereas Antonio can be the two or three or four, fourth look sometimes in that offense. And so, guys, that's would you rather this week. That's just a little bit of who I would rather, and hopefully that helps you with who you rather for this week. And now it's time for the process to reload. Okay, Tiger Bombers, let's run through our slate. But before we do, the number three drink on Ralph's top five holiday drinks. The countdown we got going on. Number five was the apple cider old fashions. Number four was the Irish coffee. Number three, it's good old white Russian. Guys, the dude abides. I'm telling you, if you haven't tried them, a good old white Russian will not steer you wrong. A little cream, vodka. If you are a poor frat boy like we were, milk, ice, call it a day. But um, no, it's the time of year for those. And you may even throw that movie into the Big Lebowski to really help set the tone. But that's going to be number three on our list. It's the White Russian. Never a drink that I thought I would like. You look at something that's like creamy or white or involving cream and it's like, whoa. But trust, folks, it's good. It's one of those things where you have more than one and it's gotcha. So that's number three on our list of my top five Christmas drinks or my top five holiday drinks, if you will. Now let's get on to reload. First up, Dolphins at the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this season. Salvin Ahmed is in play. The Raiders have allowed the third most rushing yards to running backs over the past four weeks, 5.4 yards per attempt. The Raiders' defense, they've allowed even more yardage um, in the way of the passing game. They've allowed two passing touchdowns to opposing QBs for five straight weeks. 
perfect for Tua because he shouldn't have to do too much. But when he does do something, um, he should have success for the most part because his defense is pretty flaccid. Last week, the wide receiver snap count. Let's look at it. Perry had 10. Ford had 53. Bowden had 65. Hollins had 69. We had Hollins last week, and his workload makes us feel quote-unquote okay about being quote-unquote wrong. We called him out as this viable option, and he was out there the most. He ran the most routes. Um, None of it turned out to be usable, but just an observation, because when you're wrong, you want to pay attention to that stuff. Dolphins D going to do what they've been doing all year and overwhelm Mariota and company and lead the way for the Finns as they try to secure a playoff spot. That is going to be hard to grasp without 11 wins. So Dolphins win this one. Reload. 49ers at the Cardinals. With both Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson banged up, Tevin Coleman should be in line for a heavy workload on Sunday. Plus, the Cardinals' pass rush has come alive over the past three weeks. They've ranked fourth in pressure rate and second in sack rate. The defense is primed to, um, like, to pretty much overwhelm whoever starts a QB for the 49ers. So again... Goes back to Coleman being in a good spot. Plus, C.J. Beathard is turning out to be the one who's going to step in for the Niners. Not great. So, again, Tevin Coleman. On the other side of things, Kyler Murray. Uh, he threw for 230 in a score to go along with it. Uh, 13 attempts for 91 yards and a touchdown rushing line against the healthy version of this Niners defense back in week one. So, he's got to be in play because they're banged up. D-Hop always in play. You don't need me to tell you that. Cardinals defense could be a good play in a game that the Cards win. Reload. Buccaneers at the Lions. Matt Stafford, he owns the second highest QBR under pressure this season, 95.7. Matthew Stafford has um, been over 240 passing yards in four straight games. He's got an A dot of 10 and a half uh, since the coaching change. Second best in football during that time. Uh, so, you know, he's in play this week. Danny Amendola's caught three passes for seven straight. He's averaged four and 50 in that time. The Bucks have been bad against the slot, and we have personally attacked this, and we need to go back to the well. Stafford and Amendola in play over Marvin Jones, in my opinion. Swift will have a tougher time against this defense. Lions don't have a pass rush, so TB12 should be fine. Lots of injuries in the secondary for the Lions. They've been easier to attack on the ground, but it's just juicy all around this week. Because of the Ronald Jones injury, Fournette might be chalk this week when Brady's equally in play for a game that the Bucks will win. Reload. Vikings at the Saints. Justin Jefferson ranks fifth in the NFL and leads the Vikings in targets. 33. It's 33 targets when his quarterback is under pressure. The Saints have had a, a, a pretty good defensive pass rush this year. So, at this point, <clears throat> even though it's early in Jefferson's career, Cousins already looking for him when he's in duress. Cook is a tougher matchup. He won't blank you, but he's not going to go off against the Saints run defense. Minnesota defense, no QB has passed for more than 300 yards against them since week six. They're playing a little bit better. On the other side of things, Drew Reese does not have a lot to work with right now. Little Jordan Humphrey, Little Jordan, Little Jordan Humphrey going to uh, play since uh, Jaquan Smith is out. Him and Emmanuel Sanders in play along with Kamara for pass catching and rushing ability. Not enough firepower for Breeze in a game where I think he can put up good individual numbers, though. Vikings went on the road and mucked things up for the Saints as they try to figure out who they are as we close the season. Reload. 
Falcons at the Chiefs, guys. Chiefs are quietly allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing slots receivers over the last month. So Russell Gage is in play yet again. We, we queued in on him last week for success. Really with Julio or without. But with me, uh, not so much this week. The Chiefs have been good against outside wide receivers. You can fade Gurley and the rest of these runners. But Ito Smith is still the best choice of all of them. Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes will have his way as usual. Tyreek Hill may be a game-time decision, but it's a good spot for him. Either way, play Mahomes. CEH is out, so Lev Bell is going to get the run, like I said earlier, with Daryl Williams picking up some of that third-down work. Team hardly runs anyway. It's not. I'm not convinced. They will all of a sudden run with volume instead of airing out, especially since the Falcons are a much, much better team against the run than against the pass. And so... They'll just keep doing what works, which is Mahomes. And then Kelsey. Play Kelsey always. Chiefs roll. Reload. <clears throat> Browns at the Jets in our next one. Baker, man. It's got a lot of excitement around the Browns. When was the last time you heard excitement around the Browns? Um, the New York Jets have allowed the second most fantasy points to QB position this season. Plus, Baker's cooking. Now... The thing is, I think it's going to be more of an even keel game for that offense because they're a run-first offense anyway. And now we know that Quentin Williams is out. Quentin Williams being out negates a lot of things. The Browns got injuries on the O-line, but with no Quentin, it should be a chub day for sure. Or Hunt, in my opinion. I know people have been down on Hunt. I think there's going to be a lot to break off here for anybody. Um, Rashard Higgins against these Jets. We have to pay attention to him because of the increased Baker volume. And how it goes to the sky recently. And so if you're in dire straits, you don't have anybody else to play because of injury, um, you could go there. DFS, I think we got other options. But Baker could go 250 and two touchdowns in this one. Chubb in play. And I think even Hunt as a necessary upside here to be in play. Uh, you can play Hooper if you like, but I'm probably out right there. Um, he's in a good spot, though. Just slam it ahead with Gore like 20 times going nowhere and they try their hand in the passing game but browns are getting denzel ward back finally browns stay hot reload colts at the steelers all right three consecutive losses for the steelers to washington buffalo and cincinnati terrible poo poo losses deontay johnson has seen 47 targets in the last four games he gets targets this week but i think he sees xavier rhodes a bit so i'm not sure what he does with a lot of those targets Big Ben hasn't surpassed 20 fantasy points in the last five games. He's struggling, trying to stay afloat. Judo, his A dot is too low for his targets to help him bust out. Probably no James Conner. Actually, now that um, even since I started recording this show just literally an hour ago, we've got an update that now he's probably going to play. So I've got him in the DFS section. But either way, whoever is there is not going to have the easiest time. The offense will work through Ben and hope that volume pays off. And the defense holds, but they were not great last week on defense, failing to get the key stops all game in a contest they should have won. That the Steelers had to have, a game they had to have. GPP in season, and we can go with Jonathan Taylor against the Steelers defense. So if they're not going to tackle, then we're going to have to take advantage of it. Rivers will do his part, uh, but not explode. Also, T.Y. will be in the mix, although he's coming back down to earth at the last week. Steelers will be looking to bounce back, but the Colts will find a way, led by Taylor in the defense again. Reload. Bears at the Jaguars here. Divine Ozigbo uh, for the Jaguars and Daria Gbangwale for the Jaguars are going to have to 
share the backfield because James Robinson is out with this ankle injury. And so this, you know, committee going nowhere against the Bears, though. So Bears will be stout against the run. Passing into the slot and the tight end is the best option. So we can attack Buster Screen and other weaknesses. Chark is in play as he goes into the slot. And Eifert's in play if he can stay in the damn game. Because the Bears have allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends over the last four weeks. And over the entirety of the 2020 season, they've allowed the second most. So, if he stays in the game, he should be fine. Now, on the other side of things for the Jaguars, the Bears... Um, oh, I'm sorry, for the for the Bears. Um, the, the, the Bears should be motivated to get Allen Robinson the ball as usual. But it's also a revenge game for him. So, he should be extra motivated on top of his greediness from usual. David Montgomery leads all running backs of fantasy points since week 12... And we know the Jaguars are a sieve on the ground, so he's in play. You can play the Bears D also. Um, Bears win, and they try to stay alive in the playoff race despite having no QB. Reload. Giants at Ravens. So Lamar is coming on, and the Ravens are rolling. The Giants are in the playoff hunt, and they will try to show up defensively. But I'm not sure how long they can keep it close. James Bradbury, shadow on Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews is in play because of this, right? Um, That's what we talked about earlier. Marquise Brown largely going to be taken away by Bradbury. Ingram's the odd man out. Dobbins is getting the first and second down work. And Gus Edwards getting the passing and third down work. Dobbins is in play because they'll get the goal line looks also. But it should be mostly Lamar in a game that the Ravens win. Reload. Bengals at the Texans. Nine different running backs have put up at least 90 rushing yards against this Texans defense, and 18 rushing touchdowns have been scored against them. Bernard should be in starting lineups this week, but um, it's all the Bengals can do. Tyler Boyd seems to be in play, but it's been A.J. Green benefiting the most from Ryan Finley so far. On the other side of things, Watson is always in play. William Jackson III is doing better and better in man coverage against opposing number ones, so Cooks will have... His hands, Brandon Cooks will have his hands full, and Kiki Kuti has high upside in the slot. Atkins is in play also, but Bruck can't catch. David Johnson is in play, but because there's no Duke, so he should be getting the receiving work also in a game the Texans will win. Reload. Broncos at the Chargers. Drew Locke is the ultimate turnover machine. Ultimate. Chargers defense is in play because of this. That really helps somebody like Herbert start with the short field. Herbert should be fine against this beat-up Broncos secondary. He'll um, do just enough to keep the heat off the run game, and Eckler is in play. Also, because Eckler is in play because he can catch passes as well as get those rushes. Um, Preferably Herbert naked since these wide receivers let us down last week, but don't shy away from Keenan Allen and DFS and GPPs in DFS format. Uh, uh, and and Seasonal, excuse me, in GPPs in DFS format. Melvin Gordon, uh, he's also a relatively safe play in this game. It's a revenge game for him. He's consistently seeing double-digit carries and has run for at least 60 yards in the four of his last five games. He's got something to prove. He didn't leave so pretty against San Diego, so I love that play. Noah Fant has found his way again, and he's playing better recently. He's in play. Don't know who the receivers I trust because Locke turns it over because they can score. This is a game the Chargers win, but um, should be a fun one. Reload. Panthers at the Washington football team. So, 
Look, the Panthers were able to sack Aaron Rodgers five times in Week 15. They're also extremely cheap on DraftKings this week. You know, I mostly play FanDuel, but they're real cheap over there. They get those turnovers. That's worth having. Haskins couldn't do anything with the volume last week. You can only play McKissick, Logan Thomas, a tight end, and McLaurin. Thomas and McKissick are pretty good um, plays this week. I'm hearing that um, Antonio Gibson could come back. He would ultimately be a good play as well. And then you play him in place of McKissick. Washington defense could win this one alone for that team. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mike Davis uh, may not be so locked and loaded. Should he get the nod? He's been splitting some of this time with Rodney Smith, unlike he did earlier in the year. They're looking to the future a little bit into the year here. And then Teddy hasn't been great at all. These receivers will have a tough matchup this week. And I don't even use a tight end in the Panther offense a lot of the time. So Washington will roll on the strength of the defense. Reload. All right. Eagles at the Cowboys here. Either Pollard or Zeke will have their hands full with the Eagles defense, and it looks like Zeke's going to try to give it a go, so I'm down on both of them. Cooper should draw Slay, Darius Slay, CeeDee Lamb may be in play here. Cowboys defense needs to play well. They could force some turnovers. They've been hot in terms of providing points for us, not real life. Hurts seems to like Greg Ward, but he'll have his hands full with the pass rush. Leighton Vander Esch is out. Leighton Vander Esch is out. Slightly enables Hurts and activates Miles Sanders because he won't be there to stop the run. Maybe Boston Scott is a DFS punt for a salary saver. That'll work. Eagles defense needs to put the pass rush on Dalton. If they can, I'm not sure they'll be able to stop the run if it's Pollard. Eagles seem more in position to win this game, although Dallas is at home. I think Dallas has a bit more deficiencies. Eagles are going to win it. Reload. Rams at the Seahawks is our next game, guys. Hope you're enjoying this faster pace. I know I am. Keeps it concise. It's what you need to know from each game. Um, Rams and Seahawks. Metcalf will be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey again. And it doesn't make it a cakewalk for Lockett either. It's just a good secondary all around. Seahawks should get uh, should look to get Carson going. Mix in of Penny with a handful of attempts. We should also see Carlo Hyde, Carlos Hyde's role diminish further. Seahawks defense will be tested finally as the Rams try to bounce back after an embarrassing loss. Cooper Cup's in play. No Cam Akers, so the back to the uh, running back by committee. Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson with Henderson getting first and second down work. And Brown seeing the down and distance and the third down work. Uh, Woods is in play for the Rams for sure. I think DJ Moore, I'm sorry, David Moore can score a touchdown but not go off for the Seahawks. Rams tight ends could score a touchdown. Either one flip a coin but not both. Uh, that will probably be the only thing they do. Golf will be usable. Russ has a tougher path. Seahawks commit to the run and win that one. Reload. Titans at the, at the Packers. Henry gets so much attention that it opens up things for the passing game. A.J. Brown though he's gonna have his hands full with Jair Alexander so if, if they're focusing on Henry a little bit even though Henry's still in play and if, and if AJ Brown's getting the Jair treatment then it's Corey Davis time Corey Davis time Corey Davis time plus Johnny Smith's coming on a little bit we talked about this last week him and Ernst singled him out for just for DFS purposes price and volume make him hard to ignore it tight end in this spot um, of course the big dog David Henry though it's all about him now on the other side Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour will roll on. Devante Adams will have his day as well. Lazard, if you're in a bind, feeling risky, or need a waiver wire upside for whatever reason, Aaron Jones should do fine and can't explode with goal line touches at his side. Robert Tanyan's in play, but a fade for me personally. Just a lot of other options will be available. 
in my opinion which brings us to our last and final shot so we're gonna make it a good one here it's the bills of the patriots the absence of the number one cornerback stefan gilmore is good for stefan Giggs. Diggs, excuse me it's gonna be his gig to go off you can play allen at qb because of his yellow status status Cole Beasley is going to have a tougher day, but does have flex appeal. Buffalo running backs would be a fine match matchup, but they are uh, indistinguishable. So it's hard to just kind of be like, play this one. But the defense is in play for sure for Buffalo. No offensive touchdowns in two games for the Patriots. Buffalo pass rushes. They could stymie Cam. They will stymie Cam. Edelman could return, but Cam has not had chemistry with any of his guys all year for the most part. New England uh, should run a bit, but who knows how productive these uh you know, the backfield can be in New England and they just need this year to end. So it can just, you know, basically be over. They need, they need to go retreat, uh, have this year end so they can go and lick their behind and lick their wounds. So, uh, yeah, go hide and lick their wounds. Sorry. So the bills on the road in New England for the first time in a long time, I'll take that this week. And so that is the reload segment. Now you guys know how I feel about how each of these games goes. Hopefully that helps you in your decision-making process. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks, we'll give you GPP picks, and we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. All right, y'all. So moving right along, let's let's kick the DFS session off with number two on my top five holiday drinks list. And number two... Well, actually, number five was apple cider old fashions. Number four was Irish coffee. Number three was white Russian. And number two, Moscow mules. So refreshing. Also here in L.A. where it tends to be a little warm during the holiday. And so, you know, something like that with the mint goes over quite well still this time of year. Even warm enough for shorts right now this year. So, don't know if you're a gin type of a person, but you got to give it a shot, man. Don't pass on it until you've tried it. Moscow Mules, that's number two on my list of top holiday drinks. Now let's get to the DFS, where I promise we'll have better defensive selections this week. That's really the only thing that's been holding us back. Defense, defense, defense. So I'm not going to cheap out this week. We'll pick better. So for DFS purposes, QBs this week. And again, we're just doing the main slate FanDuel Sunday. Uh, I've got two cash game options, three GPP, and four total options for you. So at the top, Pat Mahomes, 9400 for cash or GPPs. Against those Falcons, he should not have a problem. Herbert, $8,200 for cash. We love consistency. Matt Ryan, $7,700 for GPPs. And then at the bottom, I think if you want to take a stab, $6,600 for Finley and large field GPPs. Uh, again, they should be trailing the whole time. I do not have a problem with that based off of what we saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they were mostly running, and I know it's a divisional game, so there's some angst there, but uh, perhaps there's something there. I think in a large field GPP, you have to take that, that gamble right there. Running backs moving along. We've got six cast game options, five GPPs, and one honorable mention. Um, at the, so we're going to go with at the top 
Chubb, 9,000 because of that price. He's a GPP play. Um, we're also going to go with David Montgomery, $7,800 cash play, lock it in. Miles Sanders, $7,300 cash play, lock it in. David Johnson, $6,700 for tournaments. Uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon, $6,400 for cash. J.K. Dobbins, $6,300 for cash. James Conner, $6,100 for tournaments. I promise you that we would uh, recommend him this week. Tournament's a good way for him to pay off at that price. If he can get, he's going to get most of the touches. So if he can just produce it all against a weak offense or defense, rather, not weak, but they can be had. They can be had on the ground. Um, the Colts is what we're talking about. So Gio Bernard, six thousand for cash. We like that. Uh, Jay McKissick, if Antonio Gibson doesn't play at fifty-eight hundred dollars, it's a good cash game play. And then um, we also have Malcolm Brown, $5,500 for a GPP. I would, I'll play that and just ignore Henderson this week. And then Boston Scott for $4,800 GPP flyer for large field. If you want to do that, that's fine. And, uh, you know, the honorable mention is going to be Henderson, $5,600, even though I'm not playing him. Now, wide receiver, I got four cash game receivers for you, five GPP and two honorable mentions. I'm keeping it real concise here this week. Tyreek Hill at the top. Let's wait and see. Uh, I know he's got the hamstring injury, but barring any setbacks, $9,400. Let's pay for it and lock it in. Uh, if he doesn't play, you've got to obviously have exposure to Mahomes. Allen Robinson, $7,500 for cash. Robert Woods, $7,300 for tournaments. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, McLaurin, $7,100 for, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Robert Woods, excuse me, $7,300 for tournaments. And then McLaurin, $7,100 for tournaments. Then Cooper Cup, guys, $6,800 for cash games and tournaments. Both of them. I think he's fine. Landry, $6,500 for cash. Kuti, $6,100 for tournaments. Gage, $5,800 for cash again. Good anchor to our cash game last week. I picked this bad defense and really tanked myself last week. But everything else was a hit. Um, and Russell Gage, especially in the cash game, was a, was a huge hit. At that price, in the slot... He's getting these good matchups against teams that are bad against the slot. Can't enforce that enough. Um, and then the honorable mentions are going to be Tyler Boyd, 6,100, and CeeDee Lamb, 6,000. But that's what I'm going with. Much more concise wide receiver. And then tight end, you guys know how I've been doing it. So Kelsey, $8,800, cash or tournaments. Mark Andrews, 7,000 for cash. And then these are the tight ends that I think could score a touchdown, but maybe probably not do much else. Ertz, Fant. Logan Thomas, Hurst, Matt Hooper, and Tyler Eifert. And I do have to just mention that Tyler Eifert's $4,600 against a very poor defense against the tight end. Uh, and then defenses. Uh, <clears throat> but again, tight end is a position where most people are going to punt. So if you don't punt, you have a very good chance of being different. Uh, defense. Uh, I'm not going to be me this week. Ravens cash or tournament, 5000 at the top. Washington, $4,800 cash from GPP at the top um panthers defense four thousand. again they do create turnovers so i like them for tournaments uh cowboys thirty eight hundred dollars for gpp or cash i like them this week uh gets hurts and then the jets three thousand for gpps for tournaments they got eight points last week if you look at they just been producing they haven't really returned negative points uh i have played them before this year and um so three thousand that basement price you can't ignore it if you need it 
but uh, ultimately my focus is on doing better on defense this week because that's just been the only thing missing outside of otherwise nailing these slates. So that's it. We're going to nail it this week now. We got it locked down. Those are the picks. Hope that helps you guys make your picks. And obviously we talked about these ways that you can contact me, especially through Twitter if we got to talk through some of this. But good luck, guys. Let's lock these picks in. guys thanks for joining me for this holiday episode we're at the end of it we've got our picks in we know what we're doing this week we're ready for glory for championship sunday and we've counted down our top five holiday drinks nearly down to number one number five was the apple cider old fashions number four irish coffee number three a white russian number two the moscow mules and rouse number one holiday drink on his top five holiday drink list is boozy eggnog that's right man whatever you want to do with it rum chata or rum etc i would say just some type of rum is probably good with it but nothing like that sit in front of the tree you get boozy you get nostalgic boom there it is that's my number one holiday drink there to keep you in the mood there so happy holidays merry christmas whatever it is for you guys hopefully you enjoy yourselves uh lock these picks in but like i said follow it up to the day Know what's going on, who's playing, the inact is the actus on Sunday. That's our real path to victory. Other than that, we'll meet right back here next week to go over it all and just keep climbing in week 17. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.